Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Talk That Talk show. I'm excited. Um, we are here for our second episode. Um, I'm just really, really happy that uh, of all the support that I've got here with this show. Um, you know, we, we're listed on iTunes now, so we're real official here. A lot of people have been tuning in through the Facebook live stream. Hey, thanks out there, Chris Higgins. Thanks, Jeffrey Farrell. Um, we got a lot of people on Facebook Live looking through here. Um, a lot of people have subscribed to the iTunes show, so I appreciate y'all for that. Um, I appreciate everyone for tuning in. And I'm just really grateful, and it's really empowering to see the amount of people that have been backing me with this show. Um, people have been messaging me with you know different topic ideas, different things that I should cover. Um, I'm just really excited to give y'all my opinions. And I'm just really happy that, you know, everyone has an opinion. And this show is for Talk That Talk, man. This is for people that talk that talk, that walk that walk, and know exactly what they mean when they're speaking about sports and they do what it is that they say they are going to do. Yes, yes. So I really want to thank everyone out there for watching, and we're going to get into the show. First thing on our topic agenda for today is we're going to get right into this uh, NFL free agency. Um, you really know it, it's March because you know all the different transactions that's going on with the NFL, and it's really the start of the NFL season. Um, you know, to kick things off, we talked about him on the last show. Um, Landon Collins is now going to the Redskins for a six-year, eighty-four million dollar deal. Um, I'm never going to stop or, or knock a guy for getting his money. So shout out to Landon Collins. But uh, I, I just really believe this is a typical Redskins move here. Um, you look at DJ Swearinger, and this was a guy that they had at the safety position that did a great things for him in, in uh, Washington. And when you sign a guy in Landon Collins who showed the Giants uh, that you know he has problems covering on the back end, so now you're signing this guy to $84 million for, uh, you know, to replace DJ Swearinger when they're pretty much the same person, you know. Both of them had coverage, you know, issues on the back end. And now you're going to pay Landon Collins, you know, almost $100 million to have the same exact problem. So, I mean, this is just a typical Skins move. I really wish they would have allocated their money to a couple different positions. But, um, you know, shout out to Landon. He's definitely going to help that defense out. Um, next person that, you know, we have on here that, you know, got his money, shout out to Teron Matthew. Um, you know, I'm a big Chiefs fan. My dad is the reason why. And, you know, Teron Matthew to the Chiefs is huge for us. You get him for three years, $42 million. But this is the thing that I really like, Okay. When he signed, he actually put out a tweet, and the tweet said, money is cool, but I want a ring. And that's the right attitude when you're trying to sign a guy uh, to your team and, and just pretty much get that winning culture in there, man. I mean, our Chiefs were just so close, man. We had the best offense in the league, but you know, it was, it was very apparent that the defense was bad. Um, Eric Berry, you don't know whether he's going to play or not. Um, you know, you had Daniel Sorensen out of BYU that did a great job for us. You know, he's a inexpensive band-aid, but you know, he's not a playmaker, you know. 
And when you get to Ron Matthew, the honey badger, you get a guy that is going to make plays on the defensive end, and he's going to make some interceptions. And I will at least say, at least for the Chiefs, he's going to have one interception for a touchdown. So, you know, I'm really excited to have him. And the key for Teron Matthew with the Chiefs is just to stay healthy. When he is healthy, he's one of the top five safeties in the league. So, you know, for me to you, Teron Matthew, please stay healthy because we got a lot of money riding on you. Now we're going to go to Deshaun Jackson, who just got traded to Philly. Uh, three years, $27 million deal. Um, the, the, the Eagles get, they give a, uh, they get a seventh round pick in the 2020 draft, and they just gave up a sixth round pick to the Bucks in 2019. I think this is a steal when you're, if you're talking about an Eagles fan, uh, because Deshaun Jackson is electric. He is electric. And, you know, there's nobody out there that can really take the top off of a defense the way that Deshaun can with his natural speed. Um, this guy's a three-time pro bowler. Um, and I, I truly believe that he has a lot left in the tank. Um, you know, you look at the Eagles and, you know, they had a great team. But the problem was, you know, that, that wide receiver core was a little inconsistent. Ask Alshon Jeffrey on that last play that he dropped. You know, I'm not saying that Deshaun Jackson is going to, you know, bring them to the Super Bowl, but he definitely, definitely adds depth to that wide receiver core and will be able to give him some touchdown threats, man. I mean, you know, in two seasons with Tampa Bay, the guy only had seven touchdowns, you know, and with Philly, he had three 1,000 yard seasons. Um, he only had one after with Washington, you know, after he left Philly. So sometimes when when a player leaves, they really have to go out so that they can see, you know, just how good the grass is on the other side. Because sometimes it's not as green, you know. And I think Deshaun Jackson, you know, really understood that when he went to Washington. I think he understood that when he went to Tampa Bay. But now he gets to come back to Philly and, and almost, you know, be himself, you know. Um, when you look at the, the, the teams that he had in Washington and Tampa Bay, this guy did not have a consistent quarterback throwing to him. I mean, you, one week you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, the next week you have Jameis Winston. When you're in Washington, you got, uh, you know, Colt McCoy throwing to you, uh it, it, the, the quarterback situation just wasn't great, man. So, you know, I think that Deshaun Jackson is going to have a resurgence here in Philadelphia now that he has Carson Wentz to throw him the ball. I just hope that Carson Wentz can stay healthy. That's right, Chris Higgins. You know, he's got to stay healthy. Um, if Carson Wentz is healthy, he's always going to be, you know, a top 10 quarterback, and he's shown that. And, and a lot of people underestimate his legs. So when you give Deshaun Jackson, you know, back to the Eagles, now Carson Wentz is going to be able to, you know, run those play-action plays and throw that ball deep, you know? Um, I, I really like that move. The next move that we have is C.J. Mosley going to the Jets. He has a five-year deal for $85 million. Um, I think the Jets really needed this guy. I mean, would I have paid him eighty-seven? I mean, $85 million? I'm not sure, but... He, is, he was the NFL's leading tackler, and he's only 26 years old, you know? So when you talk about, you know, a team in the Jets 
that struggled on offense. They struggled on defense. You know, you get a guy that has this winning pedigree in Baltimore, and he definitely improves that defense a lot. I mean, how can he not improve that defense when he just came from a top, you know, the top defense in the league last year? And, you know, the one question that I think about when I looked at this was, you know, what's going to happen to Darren Lee? I was there, you know, about two years ago when they signed this guy out of Ohio State, you know, drafted him, and everybody was really high on him. But I think, you know, over these past two years, Darren Lee showed us that, you know, he's a good player, but I just don't think that he's a championship caliber player, you know. Um, are the Jets still invested in him? I, I don't know. You know, when you signed this guy, C.J. Mosley, um, they almost got Anthony Barr until, you know, he played them. But, you know, C.J. Mosley is a good player for the Jets. He's going to improve that defense immensely, tremendously. And, you know, I just I just really want to see how the, the Jets are going to, you know, do coming up, you know, into this free agency and what other moves they're going to make. Because, you know, a lot of fans out there that are Jets fans are tired of seeing losing football. You know, they're tired of seeing it. So they got to do a good job and, you know, get some more people and get some help around C.J. Mosley for that defensive core. Um, and here's the last thing that we're going to cover here. We have Antoine Bethea getting a one-year deal to the Giants. Um, I just really think this is a typical Giants move to get a guy who's, you know, been into the league 13 years. Um He's been familiar with the defensive coordinator that the Giants just got in James Bettiger, but um, I think that Antoine Bethea will help out this Giants defense. Um, he's not going to be as expensive as Landon Collins costs, but you know he had his best year since 2011, uh, having 121 tackles, and you really get a durable guy here. Um, he's only had one season where he's had less than 13 games played. And, you know, that really goes a long way here in the NFL. Um, you cannot build a team around injury-prone guys. And, you know, Antoine Bethea is really going to help the Giants out. Um, I just really hope that he stays healthy. Because if you look at the Giants in the past, they've continued to get these older players that, you know, fizzle out or don't exactly play up to what they were supposed to be. And, you know, it doesn't help the Giants, you know. Uh, it's tough when you're in New York because, you know, a lot of people want to win, you know, now. And it's hard for people to accept that, you know, you got to get younger and build through the draft. Um, this Antoine Bethany signing, yes, it will help them. But will it help them in the next four to five years to come? I don't know. Um, but... For right now, he fills that gap that Landon Collins uh, going to Washington gives. And, you know, all the best of help to him because, you know, the Giants need whatever help that they can get on the defensive end. Okay? Um, you know, that does it for our NFL, you know, free agency review. Um, I think, you know, in the months coming up here, we got a lot to look forward to. Um, you know, the, the acquisitions and the trades are not going to stop. And I'm just really looking to see, you know, what's going to be that next big signing. You know, I think Antonio Brown to the Raiders, you know, that's a huge, huge deal for the Raiders, man. Um, you know, you got rid of, you know, Amari Cooper, you get rid of Khalil Mack. So a lot of people are on John Gruden and a lot of people are, you know, doubting that front office in Oakland. But 
You know, I think when you sign, you know, when you get Antonio Brown, I mean, you get a, a, a top tier. I mean, one or number one, number two wide receiver in the league, man. And just for two draft picks, um, you know, I think Oakland really got a steal there. But now that they got that offense, you know, uh, to help Derek Carr out, they really need to do a better job of getting that defense stacked. You know, get some linebackers out there. They're going to tackle somebody. Because when I watched those games against the Chiefs, they couldn't stop nobody, you know. So they definitely need some help on the defensive end. So shout out to the Oakland Raiders for getting it done to get Antonio Brown. But let's get the rest done. Um, moving on. Now we're going to get into my Knicks. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> it's really hard to, you know, put things into perspective when, you know, the Knicks are at a 13-54 and 54 record. They're on a six-game losing streak. But one of the things that I will say is that we got a two-and-a-half game lead on the worst record in the league. So that means that we got a really good chance of getting that number one pick. But what I will say is they are not in trouble if we don't get that first pick. I know a lot of people are telling me that, oh, it's all for Zion. We got to get Zion. Uh, Zion's going to save our team. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Zion got hurt, you know, with that knee injury. Um, he did. He was, obviously, he was the ACC player of the year. But, you know, when you put things into perspective, I want a guy for this New York Knicks franchise that is going to help them to win now. I know Zion is big on energy, really helps that Duke team out. But when you think about it, and if the Knicks do, in fact, get two max contracts, two max signings, they're going to have to get somebody that's polished and that is not a project. And when you look at that draft, this M NBA draft coming up, I think the number one guy on my list that I would really, really like the, the Knicks to get is R.J. Barrett. I mean, this guy is a much, much more polished player than what Zion is. And they're both freshmen. But, I mean, you look at, at, at um, RJ, and he's got 23.4 points a game. He's got seven rebounds and 4.2 assists a game. The guy is shooting at 45% a clip, you know. So um, I see a guy, I watched a game against Syracuse where, you know, Duke had just lost Zion Williamson, um, and they just really looked stagnant without him. And you looked at R.J. Barrett, and this guy was scoring in so many different ways. He was scoring off the catch and shoot. He was scoring off, um, you know, the inside floater game. Um, he was creating for his teammates. You know, that's something that I would personally really want with the New York Knicks in R.J. Barrett. Because, you know, if you wind up getting, say, Kevin Durant, and you get like a Kyrie Irving, they're not going to be as patient on a project guy in, in Zion Williamson that you're going to have to develop a little bit more. You know, I haven't really seen, you know, uh, Zion with the pull-up game. You know, I haven't seen him, you know, do anything extraordinary besides dunking and rebounding the basketball. And that's all well and dandy, but you got to have a well-rounded player if you're taking a number one, number two, number three pick. And I truly believe that R.J. Barrett, whether you take him one, two, or three, he is going to help the Knicks win at least 15 to 20 more games next year. And I know that's a lot, but you got to look. The Knicks have only won 13 games right now. So, you know, R.J. Barrett will definitely help that team out. 
Another thing that I wanted to talk about with our Knicks is just how ridiculous this guy James Dolan is, man. I mean, he is has to be, if not the worst NBA owner in the league, He's man. Go. He yeah. ha- he has to go. I'm tired of this guy. And if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, um, there was a video that surfaced at the the last game, the last Knicks game that they lost. And a fan, as James Dolan is going into the tunnel, tells to James Dolan that he should sell the team. He says, sell the team. James Dolan takes him and holds him from the security and tells him, hey, if you, you know, that's rude. You should watch the games from the TV. And that's just not how you treat your fans. I mean, for a guy that has the the, the top media central in the country, you got to be able to keep your fans here, man. And if you're telling guys that they can't share their opinions in a public place, that's terrible, man. And then you antagonize the guy saying, would you like to watch the game from TV? I mean, that's not the leadership that you want to see from, you know, the owner of your franchise. And, and let's not let's not forget, a Knicks game is not cheap. It is not cheap. So, you know, this guy probably spent $100, $150 to, to watch a game, and you're telling him to go watch it from TV. You should be thanking the guy. You should be thanking him that he wanted to spend $100 to watch the worst team in the NBA. But instead, he antagonized him and told him, I don't know if he's banned or not, but he basically told this guy to go home and you can't come back. And that's awful, man, because at the end of the day, just look on this show. Talk That Talk is about people that have sports opinions. And if one thing about opinions, not everyone is going to agree with that. Not everyone is going to agree with your opinion. So if you're the owner and you know that you have a terrible team right now, you got to be ready for things like this. And if you're telling this guy that he can't come back just because he doesn't like the way you're conducting business, you got to go, man. So maybe Adam Silver will give this guy, make um, you know James Dolan apologize to the fan, but you know something has to be done because yeah, he he's terrible. Um, and it, you know, since we're on the topic of teams that are not going to the playoffs, um, we gotta, we gotta talk about these Lakers, man. Um, <laughs> I do want to laugh first because I heard all this talk at the beginning of the season. All oh, the Lakers are going to the championship. All oh, the Lakers are going to be the best team in the West. Well, I think Cinderella just, uh, got struck, you know? Midnight just got struck because now the Lakers are sitting at a 30 and 36 record. Um, they're seven games out of the eighth seed. They just brought up Andre Ingram, an 11-year G League vet. I like the guy. I love the guy. I love his story. But when you see that, you know, this is the guy that they're going to bring up, it pretty much tells you your season is done. We're going to have a playoff without LeBron James. Let's let that sink in for a second. Um, I, 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 it really, it really hurts me because. You know, a lot of people are going to use this as ammunition to uh, hurt his legacy. And I I just don't think that, you know, the Lakers failing this season is totally on LeBron. Um, you got Lonzo Ball that was out for the season, Brandon Ingram that was out for the season. Um, it's just there was no real solidified talent outside of maybe Kyle Kuzma, who had like his breakout season. Um 
you if you're especially playing in the West, you got to have at least two or three star caliber guys. Guys that are going to go out and give you 25 points and they and that might lock down your best defender. And you know, when I look at this Laker team, you know, you're just looking at a bunch of guys with great potential. But one of the things about playing in the West is potential does not win games. You need to win now. And, you know, does this hurt LeBron's legacy? No, it does not. Because one of the things that I think a lot of people do is take LeBron James' greatness for granted. I mean, this guy's had a terrific run. Um, He's one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. And you just got to give him credit, man. I think even when he broke the record, or once he uh, passed MJ for most points, you know, there wasn't any real fanfare. He got a couple claps, and everybody just went back to playing. You remember Kobe did it. They stopped the game, gave him the ball. But I just think that, you know, we're just so we're so focused and we're so used to the greatness that LeBron James gives every time that we're just so quick to just place all the blame on him. I mean, this guy's been taking the blame for Cleveland since he was, what, 18 years old, 17 years old? Mm -hmm. So, you know, LeBron, when he came here, he knew that this was going to be a process in L.A. And, you know, the guy's still averaging 27 points a game, eight assists, and eight rebounds a game in 48 games. And you got people like Jeff Van Gundy that are saying you should explore trade options for LeBron James. Do you know how ridiculous that sounds to trade LeBron James when you just landed in free agency, one of the best players arguably in history? I mean, come on, man. Let's just chalk this up as a bad season for the Lakers. They didn't put enough talent around him. Lance Stevenson, you're, you know, he's a good player. I'm never going to knock anybody that's in the NBA, but he's not, he wasn't good enough for them to go far in the playoffs, if not to the playoffs. I mean, you're depending on a, a guy in Wagner from Michigan who's a rookie. You know, I mean, there's not, I mean, Contavious Caldwell Pope, that's your guy? This is your king? I mean, come on, man. You got to get him some better support. And then LeBron, you know, he might make the playoffs and they might go make a run in the West. But, you know, with that team that they have right now, I'm sorry, man. That That's not a contending team. So Magic Johnson needs to do a better job of putting some, some guys around LeBron to help him because it is not LeBron's fault. I repeat, it is not LeBron's fault. Okay? So, you know, moving on. Um... One of the things that I'm really, really excited about is that, you know, tomorrow I'll be covering my fifth Big East tournament in a row. Um, I'm just, this is one of my favorite things. Um, how I really started loving the game of basketball was when I was with my dad and, you know, we used to just watch all the Big East games. I grew up watching Louisville play Pittsburgh. I watched up playing Syracuse, the overtime thriller against Pitt against Syracuse, where Jerry McNamara hit a shot at the buzzer. I remember the Kemba Walker step back um, over the guy at Pittsburgh to win. Um, it, it, the Big East tournament is one of the most prestigious tournaments that we have here. And... You know, this is one of my favorite things to cover in the entire sports year. So, you know, moving into it, um, I got to give my pick for who I think is going to win the Big East tournament. And I truly believe that Marquette has a solid chance to win. I know Villanova has won. You know, I know they have a solid team. 
But when you look at Marquette and you look at that Marcus Howard that they have, I mean, this guy's averaging 25 points a game. And, you know, when you look at the, the body of work that he's had, you know, in his three years in Marquette, you know, when you're coming down to tournament time and playoff time, it, it, it really is guard play oriented. So you got to have a, a, a true veteran, you know, older guard that's going to come out there and score points when you when you're in a scoring drought, when you haven't scored 10 points in about three minutes. You know, um, Marquette has lost their last four games leading into the tournament. And, you know, most people would count them out. But I mean, what better way to go into the tournament with a chip on your shoulders I mean, before, Seth Greenberg was talking about this team being a two-seed, and now they're arguably maybe a fifth-seed in the big dance. So, you know, Marquette, they, you know, I, I like what I saw out of them. They had, you know, four ranked wins this season over Villanova, over Buffalo, over Wisconsin, and over Kansas State. So, you know, this team, Marquette, is my pick. I know a lot of people are saying Seton Hall. A lot of people like Villanova. But, you know, I'm going to step out on a limb here and say that Marquette shows up. When you talk about bubble teams in the uh, Big East, you have Xavier, you got Creighton, um, St. John's. These are three teams that I truly believe that will not enter the tournament if they do not get to at least the finals or the semifinals of the Big East tournament. Um, this is, I think, one of the first years that we can say that the Big East is not the best, you know, conference in college basketball right now. Um, I'm gonna, I, and, I, and I'm sorry to say that because I love the Big East, but I'm gonna say it. This is the first year that I think that no Big East team is gonna make the Final Four. I don't trust Villanova when you shoot threes at the high volume that they do. What are you gonna do when you can't make them? You know. Um, I look at Xavier and Creighton. I look at these, you know, teams as you know teams that usually are in the tournament, but um, I just don't, I just don't see them as strong contenders, you know. Especially St. John's, who started the year so hot, you know. Um, it, it's just very disappointing because I love the Big East. I think it very highly, but this will be the first year that there will not be one in the Final Four. Um, you know, having said that. I'm really super excited to really get this uh, tournament popping, getting it popped off, because this NCAA tournament, there is no real clear-cut winner, you know? There's real, there's no real favorite out there that I think that I can say, hey, I think that they're going to win. Even with Duke, you can't even count them in, because, I mean, what's Zion Williamson? What's he going to do? Is he going to play well? There's one thing that happens. You can practice, practice, practice all you want. But those lights, when they come out, man, it's a different game. It's a different game. So I tell you what, it's going to be an exciting bracket. Um, on my next show, I'm going to share with y'all my bracket. You know, feel free to you know check your bracket against mine. I'm going to have a bracket challenge posted. I do one every year. So if that's something that interests you, if that's something that you like, um, I'll have the link in my bio for you so that you can join our bracket. But, um, you know, this is, this is a really fun time in the sports year, you know, in March. I mean, you got basketball that's still coming in. You got football as far as, you know, the free agency moves and seeing where everybody wants to go. Um, you got the NCAA tournament, which I love. March Madness is so beautiful. But um, it's, a, it's a great time for sports, man. So let's gear up and get ready for, um, you know, some good NCAA basketball. Holmes holiday. Holmes holiday. That's right.
So, you know, in closing, you know, I just want to always thank our, our viewers out there. Thank you to everyone that, you know, watched. Thanks for everyone that, you know, checked out the live stream. Um, I want to thank our sponsors at Executive Bar and Restaurant located on 30 Menu Street, Carteret, New Jersey. Um, I also want to give a shout out to VW Liquors um, located in Wick Plaza, Edison, New Jersey. Hey, Dave, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. We always do that for David VW Liquors. Thank you so much. And then also a shout out to our boy Cody Bromley at 91sco.com. Um, if you want to check out all your latest New York City fashion, go check out his website. The code is ACID20. As always, if you want to get 20% off the whole site. Um, one of the things that I'm going to do now that I'm going to go on to for the rest of the shows to come is I'm going to take somebody's comment from the Facebook feed. Um, I have John Taylor here. Yo, what up, John? How you been, man? Um, he says here, any thoughts on who will get Le'Veon Bell? Um, I really want to say with my heart that Le'Veon Bell will go to the Jets. Um, it makes logical sense for them. Um, you, you've really just been plugging and playing Band-Aids there in the Jets. And they haven't really had... You know, a, a strong running back since maybe, what, Curtis Martin, Damian Tomlinson, um, that's going to go out there and that can get you 100 yards every single game. Bilal Powell's a great guy for him, but um, he's a pass catching back, and he's not somebody that's going to get in between the tackles. I think, you know, the play style of Le'Veon Bell, you know, going in between the tackles and, you know, how he patiently waits, it fits perfect for the Jets, and it will only help that uh, quarterback situation get better because if you can't run the football in the NFL, you're not going to have sustained success. So, John, I think that uh, the Jets are going to get Le'Veon Bell. Um, I hope that happens. I guess we just got to wait in this and see to come. So that about does it for our show this week. Episode, episode two is complete, man. So what you can do is go to iTunes. Go check us out at Buzz Buzzsprout, and this uh, episode will be streamed. So thank you again to everyone out there for listening. This show is for you. I'm going to keep talking that talk because I walk that walk. And this show is for everyone out there. Tuesday at 7 p.m. is my time, okay? Thank you, everyone out there at Facebook Live. I am out. <laughs>